0: Anyway, I thought I'd cherry pick a few of their indicators for our purposes of trying to determine who comes out on top between Vietnam and the Philippines. What do you think?
1: Oh, we might poke a few hornet's nests with this episode, but hey, we just call it the way it is with some very, quote unquote, reliable internet data. yeah,
0: Yeah, you sound convincing.
1: (laughs) Promise we won't be too offensive.
0: Welcome to the Bureau Podcast. I'm Matt Cowan. Thank you for listening in. In the last episode that I called It's Not Always Fun in the Philippines, we took a look at five things that either bugged me or just kind of stood out post pandemic on my recent trip to the Philippines. Things like traffic, health, poverty, handout culture, and safety. Make sure you go and give it a listen after this and add your two Bob's worth via the Bureau Asia's social channels at the Bureau Asia. Of course, the title of the episode was a play on the hugely successful travel campaign from a number of years back, It's More Fun in the Philippines. It was a brilliant campaign and highlighted all the fun and interesting and unique things travellers can experience in the Philippines. And I'm sure it captured the imagination of loads of people and no doubt prompted travellers who saw it to put the islands on their bucket list. It really is a wonderful place to visit. I've only just scratched the surface and I'm looking forward to discovering more in the coming years. So is it more fun in the Philippines then? Well, that's up to you to decide. And in the episode, I aim to help with that decision a little more. Like everywhere, there's the opposite side of the coin, a dark underbelly, things that the governments don't want you to know about, for example poverty. Somehow mentioning that 18% of Filipinos live in poverty in your It's More Fun in the Philippines campaign probably isn't a good tactic, is it? But that's the reality of the Philippines. As I mentioned in the previous episode, some 20 million people live in poverty there. So in this episode, we're going to stay on the topic of the Philippines, but we're also going to bring Vietnam into the conversation. Why not? This is where I've lived for over a decade in Ho Chi Minh City and I've also traveled to the Philippines at least half a dozen times. That doesn't make me an expert, far from it, but I feel as though I've got enough of a foot in both camps to put an episode like this together. So what I'm going to do is compare the two countries, Vietnam and the Philippines. I'm going to try to determine who's winning, which country is leading the race in being most livable, best to visit and so on. Basically, Who's got their shit together? And who better to help me with this is someone who, it's fair to say, knows a bit about both countries and cultures. She's lived here in Ho Chi Minh City for about 15 years now. And in addition to that, she's a true blue, born and bred Pinoy with vinegar surging through her veins Melanie Cassell. How are you, Mel?
1: Hey, hi, Matt. I'm good. Hello to everybody listening. But you know what? I think these days I might have a 50-50 mix of vinegar and fish sauce. <laughs> you
0: might have. I smelled <laughs> it as you walked in. Ah. Okay, so let's get into it, shall we? We've got a pretty long episode. Well, I'm going to try and keep it to 30 minutes. I'll try. Just to let listeners know, we came up with a list of things that we wanted to use to compare the two countries with a view that we would slim that list down to five. Five seems to be a good number for these things.
1: Three, five, seven, (laughs) ten.
0: And just to make it clear, this is purely unscientific. It's just based on our observations and gut feel. Uh, We've both got guts. (laughs) Uh,
1: We are not (laughs) scientists. Yeah.
0: Anyway, I guess that's scientific enough these days, qualitatively at least. Before I get stuck into narrowing the list down to five, I thought, hang on, isn't there a world's most livable city list that comes out each year? Perhaps they have an index or something we could uh, borrow. Appropriate. Oh, that's a good word. (laughs) And sure enough, it turns out The Economist puts one out each year. So I went to their website, filled out a form, sold my soul and coughed up just about every piece of information about me there is, including accepting their cookies, all just to receive their report for 2022. In order to determine their most livable city, they score cities across five general categories, stability, healthcare, culture and environment, education and infrastructure. Then within those categories, they have indicators. For example, in the stability category, they have things like prevalence of petty crime, prevalence of violent crime, threat of terror, threat of military conflict, and threat of civil unrest or conflict, which are actually pretty cool indicators, I've got to say. Don't ask me how they calculate this, except that for qualitative data, They survey in-house experts, which... Did
1: did you receive a survey (laughs) form? No,
0: but I'm an expert in this house. (laughs) Okay. And field correspondence based in each city. And for quantitative data, they used external data. I kind of like that. So take it how you will.
1: Third-party data. Yeah, that's a good
0: one. So I guess that makes us bona fide for this, Mel. Okay. (laughs) We're bona fide. (laughs) As it happens, Vienna came out on top. With Osaka, the only Asian city in the top 10 at number nine, unless you want to call Melbourne an Asian city, which came in at number 10. Now, we know that causes arguments, doesn't it, Mel? Um, You say Melbourne, Australia is not part of Asia, but that's a story. for Pan-Asia. Stupidly, they don't seem to provide the list or the full list. So I don't know where Ho Chi Minh City and Manila are ranked.
1: Or maybe they weren't ranked.
0: Uh, I think they did 171. Okay countries. So that's nearly around about the, yeah, the total in the world. Anyway, I thought I'd cherry pick a few of their indicators for our purposes of trying to determine who comes out on top between Vietnam and the Philippines. What do you think?
1: Oh, we might poke a few hornet's nests with this episode. But hey, we just call it the way it is with some very, quote unquote, reliable internet data. Yeah, Yeah,
0: you sound convincing.
1: (laughs) Promise we won't be too offensive.
0: Uh, That's the sales genes coming out of you?
1: Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So the categories again that The Economist uses are stability, healthcare, culture and environment, education and infrastructure. I think they're pretty good ones for us to use. What do you think, Mel? Uh,
1: okay, although there have been criticisms about the Economist's Global Livability Index, or GLI. This is quoting from the World Economic Forum. Apparently, quote, the proprietary methodology and steep cost for the data used to calculate the rankings is limited. Uh, It's not very useful because there is no community-level data that can be accessed to determine actions that can actually help improve livability in the cities that are ranked. So, the World Economic Forum instead argues for example that um, the 17 United Nations sustainable development goals are a better option, you know, to measure livability in oh, a Oh, okay. City. So
0: you my my <laughs> index is no good. Is that that's a long-winded way to tell me I've chosen the wrong one.
1: <laughs> but um look Let me just say why. So the UN SDGs are a better option because they affect both rich and poor countries. And that framework is measurable. But obviously discussing all 17 frameworks for Vietnam and um, the Philippines would be a multi-episode podcast. (laughs) So I'm going to work with what you've decided. Since the five GLIs you are proposing we use are similar to a few of the SGDs. Um, In the UN uh, goals, such as good health and well-being, quality education, industry, innovation and infrastructure, climate action. And in that climate action environment index, they have specific goals to land and water.
0: Okay, good points. So. We're going to go with The Economist, okay. right? Sure. Okay, Agree. Right. Yeah, because <laughs> I can't be bothered changing now, not at this late point. Um, and it's, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for us. So just a reminder, stability, healthcare, culture and environment, education and infrastructure.
1: Let's do it.
0: Okay, stability. Let's compare Vietnam and the Philippines in this category with indicators such as petty crime, violent crime, threats of terror, military conflict, and unrest.
1: Ah, this is a tough start. Are we trying to sell these places as
0: (laughs) as tourist destinations? Uh,
1: Look, are we talking about reported crimes or including the undocumented crimes such as... Those from former President Duterte's, you know, reign, where he actually has verbally admitted to committing extrajudicial killings okay. as part of uh, his war well, drugs. Mm. That's
0: definitely some pretty heavy stuff, and indicates that there's this underlying simmering anxiety beneath the surface in the Philippines, it's such a disparate society when you take a look at it closely in terms yeah. of ethnicities, religion, politics, yep. regions, socio-demographics, et cetera, all that. Let's think of it in terms of how it affects the average traveller to the Philippines. Okay. Is petty crime going to be an issue for them? All right. As it relates to you, for example, do you feel safe when you go back home uh-huh. as a middle-aged female? Perhaps traveling alone sometimes on public transport. Mostly on
1: public transport. Is that Mm -hmm.
0: something you think you could honestly recommend to fellow female travelers contemplating taking public transport in the Philippines?
1: All right. Okay. Uh, I I see what you mean. So I do feel safe living in the suburbs outside of Manila, outside of Makati. And, look, I don't stay out late or go to dodgy areas, you know, <laughs> unaccompanied by myself. So I don't think I'll be a victim. What's
0: a dodgy area, by the uh, way? A dodgy area,
1: dark places. Asking for a friend. <laughs> red light districts. Okay. Um, you Burgos. Know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you don't really know because you don't hang out in no, dodgy I areas, of course.
1: But I don't think I'll be a victim, though, to what the Manila Times newspaper lists in a January 10 headline as the top crimes from July 2022 to January 2023, which are theft, rape, and physical injury, which by all means dropped by about 6.37% based on the country's peace and order indicator.
0: Okay. So as a man traveling Mm -hmm. to the Philippines, I don't particularly feel uneasy or threatened at any time, but- We don't tend to hang out after dark, as I mentioned. Um,
1: We sleep at 8 (laughs) o'clock.
0: You don't have to give that information away. (laughs) Although, look, I do often wonder what my chances are of getting caught in the crossfire during a bank heist or something like that. Oh,
1: okay. You know,
0: clearly the authorities still think that there's a likelihood of these things happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, when we drive into that mall in your Yes. Security guards with shotguns still (laughs) look beneath the car with a mirror. mirror. They have the stick with a mirror. And then they also want to have a look in the boot. Yep. The boot. Uh, What do you call it? The trunk in the States. We call it the boot. And you have to pop the boot and they have to have a bit of a look around, a bit of Mm. a poke around in there. (laughs) This is when a white face comes in handy, you know, because I get the feeling (laughs) that their search of my vehicle might be a little bit different if I was black or Arab or I had a long beard or something like that. I even get saluted. Sometimes, well my brother,
1: <laughs> my brother is the opposite because my brother has a full on beard and he looks like yeah. and he plays middle, up to that. Yeah, he plays up like this Middle Eastern heritage and he he thinks that it gets him off, you know? <laughs> and so yeah, it could be it could go both ways really.
0: So what about Vietnam?
1: Um, In Vietnam, I feel safe in District 7 where we are. There's loads of security guards and CCTV cameras in the complex where we live in and also in the streets, like in the main thoroughfares. All the shops have CCTV. I feel safer riding taxis at night or even on motorbikes uh, here than in the Philippines. The only place that is still a red zone for me is probably Famulao in Ho Chi Minh City or Beer Street in Hanoi. You know, I guess places where there are lots of tourists that can be a magnet for theft. Yeah, I feel like
0: Beer Street in Hanoi is a bit more toned down than Bui Vien. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's uh, Bui Vien Street in uh, the backpacker area in Ho Chi Minh City is pretty intense.
1: Oh yeah, with the music days. and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep.
0: Um, Yeah, I can't recall ever finding myself in a situation where I'm like, shit, this isn't good. Mm -hmm. Something might happen here. Um, But then again, I tend not to put myself in those situations, especially these days. Same. Yep. For travellers listening, I'd say if you find yourself in the backpacker area that we just mentioned in Ho Chi Minh City, just keep a close eye on your drinks. There's always been issues with spiking, but it's more likely you're going to be drinking fake alcohol, Mm -hmm. uh, beers, Probably not so much.
1: Oh, and make um, sure that when you order a beer, make them open it in front of you. And then when you're going to the toilet, bring your drink inside if you don't have a friend to watch it.
0: Yeah, I don't think beers are as much of a problem. Mm-hmm. You're probably talking more about just perhaps having a home brew that's yeah. that's sold as a yeah. as a premium beer.
1: Or Ice, that the, is dirty.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, generally speaking, I've never really had a problem with ice as mm-hmm. far as I know, but spirits. I hope you
1: didn't have a problem with ice before we not met. Not that sort
0: of ice, okay. but spirits. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know,
0: I mean, vodka, gin, whiskey and so on. It's all fake. Mm-hmm. So don't listen to, any, to what anyone tells you in those areas. Yeah, I wouldn't be drinking it.
1: How about the women, Uh, you know, with their bags and cell phones? Oh, right.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, so, yeah, I'd be careful about that sort Mm -hmm. of stuff as well, obviously. Um, Ladies, avoid hanging your handbags off your shoulder, especially Mm -hmm. walking down the street. Doesn't matter where that is actually because motorbikes seem to be allowed to ride on the the sidewalks, on the footpaths or anywhere around the city. So they tend to come up behind you, two guys or whoever on a motorbike, mm-hmm. and then snatch the bag and or take um, off.
1: Or um, catching you off guard from the front. Yeah. You know, you might think that, oh, they're just doing a little, little counter yep. flow. They're not really going to bother me. And then that's yeah, there's where there has been a yeah. lot of
0: instances where that's happened. And, um, unfortunately people go down and they go down on their collarbone mm. and they'll break them or we get concussed. We
1: know a few English yeah, there's teachers been a, there's in been the past. Plenty.
0: There's been plenty of yeah. people. Yeah. Um, as for civil unrest, I just feel that the Philippines is way more likely to have an outbreak of oh, yeah. that before Vietnam ever does. Like a does. civil war. Yeah. 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 I mean, you've got you've got the southern region of Mindanao mm-hmm. uh, down there that experiences unrest from time to time. You know, that would be pretty unnerving
1: okay.
0: occasionally. Whereas the Vietnamese at the moment all seem to be unified in their disdain for their northern neighbours
1: uh-huh. and
0: uh, love for football, of mm-hmm. course. I don't see the Vietnamese turning on no. each other anytime soon.
1: Mm, yeah, Whereas you're
0: right. You have that environment down there in the South Islands of the Philippines simmering away mm-hmm. all of the time. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, it's still it's still there. It's still bubbling away. Although in terms of tourists, like what we were going on earlier, kidnap and ransoming tourists by the Abu Sayyaf um, was a big thing in the early 2000s, maybe up until 2010, 2012. So that's happened in the Southern Philippines. But lately- Um, The kidnapping, it's becoming more in the NCR, in the National Capital Region, yeah? And it's mostly uh, targeting Chinese, Cambodian, Malaysian, and Vietnamese nationals who are in the country as casino workers or gamblers.
0: So, they're getting Because of their
1: perceived wealth, like... Because most of these um, people who belong to these nationalities, they visit the area in the Philippines where there's loads of casinos near the Mall of Asia. So, there's a lot of kidnap for ransom um, at the moment. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. So, they are being targeted, as I said, because of perceived wealth or, get this due to accumulated debts. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, I don't look rich, so <laughs> I'm, I'm safe in that <laughs> yeah. regard as well.
0: Okay, so who comes out on top in this category?
1: I think Vietnam yeah, is think- more livable in terms of the safety index. Yeah, I
0: think so too. Is next up. This one will be difficult for me to judge. I'd say, generally speaking, we're pretty healthy mm-hmm. and haven't had too much interaction with healthcare services and hospitals over the years, thankfully.
1: Yeah, but this year you're due for that thing. <laughs> what thing? The checkup with your thing that starts with the letter P.
0: <laughs> um,
1: Prostate and a oh. colonoscopy. Oh,
0: that one. Yeah. Starts with C.
1: I said P, Uh, prostate. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: Two things, Mr. Cowan.
0: Okay. All right. Well, um, yeah, I'll get around (laughs) to it. Um, I've heard the odd horror story over the years about the state of hospitals in Vietnam.
1: Okay.
0: So, uh, yeah, I've never been hospitalized here. In a public hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this category's indicators include availability of private healthcare and its quality, availability of public healthcare and its quality, Availability of over-the-counter drugs and other general health indicators. Okay. It looks like we'll have to make some up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm currently on a private insurance package here in Vietnam because of work and on a national public health insurance scheme back in the Philippines, which even though I'm an overseas Filipino worker, they still make us pay contributions too, which is okay. So both have been pretty good from my experience. I've used them both like, you know, in the last 10 years, but I haven't really had a chance to like have something major. Again, knock on wood. So yeah, thanks for that.
0: Yeah, which is great, isn't it? Um, and let's try and keep it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I hope we don't get too paranoid. No, and get, no. And become too insular. and.
1: But since I can't really um, share anything at present, I'd like to speak about, you know, the first time that I came to Vietnam, I think that was back in 2005. I was here on a freelance job, but I didn't live here yet. I just, you know, came over for the event. And I was amazed at how public service advertising about HIV, AIDS, anti-drug use, reproductive health, and specifically the use of condoms was very apparent.
0: Was that... On TV, no, it was big
1: billboards. Yeah, I don't think I've
0: seen these things on TV before. No, but
1: they were like um, big billboards, propaganda style, uh, hand-drawn paintings uh, on major thoroughfares, like on Hai Bachong and on uh, Nguyen Hue and in um, um, Le Loi, for example. I, I really appreciated that, and I thought to myself, "Wow, you know, Vietnam is way more intelligent than the Philippines." Like, I mean, come on. The reproductive health law in the Philippines only came about in 2012, but this was back in 2005, you know, and for me, even now, you know, um, Catholic bishops conference of the Philippines, they're still protesting condom advertisements because apparently it will corrupt young people. And you know what, to that, I say, let women decide what they want to do with their bodies and hands off our ovaries. <laughs> yeah, really. fair
0: enough, fair yeah. enough. But I've got to say, from a man's perspective, yeah. um, I don't think the message really got through that well here. What do you mean? In Vietnam. You know, I, I came here for the first time in 2010 okay. to live. Uh, I think I'm okay to say this. We weren't together at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I had some experiences where just before we got into the throes of things, let's mm-hmm. say, so mm-hmm. when I met someone.
1: After you threw your clothes.
0: <laughs> yeah, those, yeah, and then after that. <laughs> Um, I'd say, hey, you know, I need to put on a bag. Yeah. And they'd be taken aback by it, almost oh. as if it was an affront to their health. Okay. You know, like, why? Do you, do you think I have something?
1: Did they say that? Yeah. Or just? Yeah, I've had that. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And Are then you- I
0: had to explain that. Okay. I sort of went, I think I went down the path of, oh, it's not you, it's me. It's me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Oh, are you <laughs> Even sure? though that's
0: not true, for the record. Are but you
1: sure it wasn't just a case of what we uh, call in the Philippines "picot"? What's that? You know, like so that you would impregnate them, and then you would marry uh, them.
0: Um, sort of entrapment.
1: Yeah. Well, um, in, in any case, in these cases,
0: <laughs> in these cases, definitely about the sort of sexually transmitted disease yes, thing, exactly. and also maybe implying um, that they were promiscuous. Uh, I think okay. they wanted well, to sort of, yeah. sort of give that um, air that All right. they don't usually do this.
1: Well, you know. at the very least, it's good that, you know, it's easy to get drugs over the counter if you did end up in, in a sticky situation. <laughs> <laughs> that's another difference between the countries, the ease of getting drugs that uh, you don't need a prescription.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's pretty mind-blowing, especially from where I come from. Um, yeah. And what you can get over the counter here um, to get antibiotics, for example, yep. it's easy. You just walk up to the counter and ask for it and show cheap a photo. And, and yeah. You, well, I didn't even really. Oh, of what you've got.
1: <laughs> no, you of, of the brand that you like. Oh, right.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Oh, but I've been doing that. And you can ask for sort of whatever quantity you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, could, you, don't you need- could ask for a year's supply of antibiotics. Probably. Oh, yeah. They might ask questions. I've never tried, but you know, you can get a good two weeks worth in a hit easily. Yeah, you can buy like together. at least two boxes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very easy, but you can fall into that trap of self-diagnosing a lot and then just popping up to the pharmacy and getting what you think you need. So
1: is that really and safe though? Whatever,
0: well, not really. I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. Although uh, chat GPT is now out. So I'm thinking doctors could be obsolete pretty soon. Oh, man. GPs.
1: But yeah, in the Philippines, mm. it's hard to get antibiotics. Yeah, um, they're you need more to have regulated, a prescription. right? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. so um, I think that's pretty good. Having said that though, um, I'm all for not having to go to the doctor. Okay, so which country is better for your health, do you think?
1: Well, one of the baselines of deciding which country is quote unquote livable for me is obviously based on my COVID-19 experience. And I didn't elaborate on that. I've read about how both countries dealt with COVID-19 right. and I've experienced COVID-19 here in Vietnam. And hands down, I would say Vietnam public and private health care is better.
0: Yeah, I think I agree with you on, on those points on, uh, and on how Vietnam handled the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I, everyone sort of stumbled their way through it at the beginning, but in the end they did pretty well. The Philippines still seems to be dithering with all their requirements, yep. you know, before you arrive in the country, you need to make sure that you've got the uh, vaccine certificate handy and those sorts of things, and and proof that you actually yeah. have been vaccinated. But I was under the impression that the Philippines had a long history of good healthcare in hospitals. Am I wrong? Or-
1: um. No, yeah, we're okay. But then again, I, I can't. I don't want to be an expert voice in this because. I've been lucky enough to just go private and not public. And I come from a family of nurses and doctors and pilots. (laughs) 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 No, but yeah, so I've been lucky in that regard, really.
0: Okay. Yeah, because one of the things that scares me the most about Vietnam, everyone talks about motorbikes and stuff like that. But for me, it's uh, the prospect of being admitted to a hospital here. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, uh, damn, I think I need to make a decision here. I'm going to go with what I know and say that Vietnam pips the Philippines. But if you're listening and you have a different opinion, be sure to let us know on Facebook at The Bureau Asia and I'll also leave a question for you to answer on Anchor and Spotify. Next one up is the double-barreled culture and environment. Not sure how we're going to squeeze this one in.
1: Oh, uh, me too. I don't know.
0: <laughs> so indicators include humidity and temperature rating, discomfort of climate for travellers, level of corruption, social or religious restrictions, level of censorship, sporting availability, cultural availability, food and drink, consumer goods and services.
1: Mm, this category has a bit of everything. Uh, it's hard to summarise it. Uh, can we skip? Humidity and temperature rating, <laughs> okay, yeah. discomfort of climate for travelers yeah. since Vietnam and Philippines lie in the same latitude. Yeah, it makes sense. And I don't want to talk too much about corruption. What
0: corruption?
1: Because <laughs> it's going to go to politics again. And we talked about poor health, obesity, and the lack of healthy food options in the Philippines in our last podcast. Yep. Okay.
0: Good idea. Good. Okay.
1: Call. So I just feel like mixing my statements will be pointing to cultural availability. And level of censorship because hey, it's the award season, and a Filipina actress is making history abroad. Miss nice. Dolly De Leon,
0: nice, and what a name! Her,
1: yeah, for her role in Triangle of Sadness, I want to watch it legally on the big screen. Um, I don't want to download it illegally. But, but you will. Um, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, really, I miss going to the cinema, um, the big screen. You know, eating popcorn and 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 just yeah. I'm 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 a film geek. What can I say? Look, not that I'm saying that Hollywood movies are a cultural experience, but yeah, I miss the variety of but entertainment hey, yeah. options in Vietnam. But yeah. also,
0: you can't really get plain popcorn. Oh but yeah, the ones that- no. That we've been to. Yeah. You have to get it with butter or you have to get it with some kind of sweet stuff.
1: And even the salt option is still sweet. Yeah,
0: So I would say that the entire cinema experience in Vietnam is is very sanitized and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all digital, of course. And
1: censored. Um, I remember when uh, Crazy Rich Asians was in theaters, they cut a big chunk in the opening um, parts Because there was, like, an animated map of the airplane flying through, um, you know, certain parts that were named, like, a sea that was named wrongly. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The EC that we call here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know what? Um, Not only movies, art, dance, uh, music, you know, live concerts. um, Yeah. So, I guess my vote here is Manila. Manila well, Manila manila <laughs>
0: there's definitely a lot of censorship here mm-hmm. uh, for sure and if you don't use a VPN to get around it online for example Then there's news like news sites like the BBC. They're blocked, Mm -hmm. although that doesn't really matter. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But can you? Oh no, too
1: right wing. Too right wing. Can you
0: remember before 2014 that Facebook was banned here?
1: Yeah, and we had to. So hard. Yeah, yeah, there was a workaround. Sure. Hard to imagine
0: these days. As far as social and religious restrictions go, I don't really sense them too much Mm -hmm. especially in a religious sense the vietnamese aren't overly religious Mm -hmm. especially if you're to compare them to the filipinos i just feel like so much of what happens throughout philippine society is dictated by the church Mm -hmm. whereas of course here everything is controlled by the you know who up you know where yeah so if you're a traveler coming to vietnam the only thing i'd say about religion that may affect you in the slightest way while you're here is that you need to dress modestly at pagodas and temples, and that goes for any places of worship, really. Mm -hmm. And Mel, you mentioned music earlier, which has reminded me, if you're a big fan of live music and especially get a kick out of seeing original live rock bands, then Vietnam isn't for you.
1: No, lots of cover bands. What do you call it now? Tribute bands.
0: DJs. Since the end of the war, rock music has been censored pretty much. There are venues and bands, but typically they've been and still are watched pretty closely by the authorities.
1: Yes, if you have, let's say, a foreign um, act coming to Vietnam, you are required to give a list, uh, the playlist and the lyrics uh, in advance so that um, they can see what the lyrics are.
0: Yeah, that's right. So if you want to find out more, recently I did a podcast episode on the history of rock music in Vietnam on my other podcast channel called Ticket to Ride. I'll leave a link in the description. It's super interesting and keep an ear out for part two coming soon. Oh, Mel, before we Mm -hmm. make our decision on this point, I wanted to comment that I think Vietnam has overtaken the Philippines in service quality, Mm -hmm. at least in the hospitality industry. I found service in Manila slow and drawn out without any pizzazz, whereas here the young kids seem to be (laughs) eager to please. Their English mightn't be as good. Yep. But they give it a go. And by and large, most times they want you to have a good experience. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell you what, if you're jaded about the quality of service here in Vietnam, it might do you good to do a short trip to (laughs) Manila to fix that.
1: Well, um, okay, we're talking about livability. So it's not tourism affects livability. Like if you're a tourist and then you really enjoy yourself here and you say, Hey, I think I might retire here. You know, are there any kind of like retirement visas because I really enjoyed it? Well, I think the Philippines edges you on that one.
0: Yeah. I don't think I'd retire here (laughs) just yet.
1: Because we went to a lot of semi-self-service restaurants during our last trip. But if you were a senior citizen, you can skip the buffet line. Remember we went yep. to Villa Escudero and then my dad, he's just <laughs> like, oh, oh, don't he's worry, a big sir. a fan of
0: that. Yeah, don't yeah. worry,
1: sir. I yeah. will. What do you want from the buffet? Yep. You know, and then he just sat there yep. and he didn't uh, line up. Well, and the same, you know, if you're um, a senior citizen, so that's above 60 years old, person with disability or pregnant. So in those instances in the Philippines, you don't need to queue. You have your own lane, or you can also jump into the line, order food, pay groceries, get banking done, check in at the airport as a priority customer. Sounds
0: great. Bring on retirement. Yeah. But um, so there's signs there to tell you that in Vietnam, the senior citizens just jump in here. There's no sign. (laughs) (laughs) They just cut the line. So who's it going to be? Which country is the most cultured and has the better environment? Philippines. Oh, wow. Okay, biased. I just think all round, even though environmental <laughs> issues have really got me questioning of late as to how much longer I can stand living in a big city in Vietnam, I've got to say Vietnam in terms of access to all of these things. I, okay. think, I think it pips the Philippines just. But having said that, Vietnam fails miserably on the environment, mm-hmm. as I just alluded to. You just wouldn't come here for a beach holiday. You know, people ask me, which beaches should we go to? And I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm not keen to, to recommend any. Whereas the Philippines has thousands um, and we haven't begun to explore many of them yet. But as I said, Vietnam, just overall, I think you'd be better off here being born into a poor family though, than in the Philippines.
1: There seems to be what, more yeah, opportunities. Yeah, there just seems to be more
0: opportunities okay. here and more support. But I could be wrong. As for travellers, look, both countries are extremely different. I'm on the fence, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> can I let you know next? Think episode? about
1: the livability for retirement because oh. we we are indexing the most livable city uh, country. Okay,
0: great. Okay. I'll go and check it out. All right. education comes in next with indicators such as availability of private education and its quality in addition to public education indicators. How are we going to measure this, Mel?
1: Uh, Perhaps by how each country coped with online education during COVID. Proficiency in English. Well at the very least, conversational English.
0: Okay. Well there's no doubt that Filipinos speak much better Mm, English. Hands down, hands down. Not sure about online education though. Your best place to tackle.
1: Um look, I was actually surprised at speaking to children and adults during our last visit, you know, like uh kids on the street, um people selling stuff, you know, at, at the mall, at tourist spots their English proficiency and level have gone down significantly. Yeah,
0: I think I noticed it. I felt like most people were only getting what I was saying about 50% of the time.
1: Yeah, i oh, sorry. <laughs> I meant significantly, significantly.
0: <laughs> um, and this time I really left the Philippines thinking it was time to learn Filipino. You mm. know, I've always wanted to learn it, but I've been able to get away with it because generally speaking, everyone speaks English well, yeah. you obviously, your family speaks English, so I don't know. Oh, my family speak. doesn't
1: speak to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of different, but they can if they want to. If, if both of us want to communicate, no, we get on, we get on pretty yeah, well. Yeah, I
1: was just joking.
0: Um, but this time, this visit has given me an extra incentive to hit the books, I think, because mm-hmm. um, I just feel like in general, from our interactions, yes. we were there for three weeks. I think we came into contact with a good cross-section of the community. Yep. I feel like the level of English has slipped on a day-to-day basis. I never thought I'd say that, yeah. to be honest.
1: Look, the Department of Education in the Philippines has, like, massive issues. And, um, you know, I, I'm still in contact with a lot of my friends who are still educators uh, back home. And, yeah, it's just um, – it's not it's not in a good state. And with regard to online learning, from what my friends – uh, who has who have children uh, in primary, secondary, or you know in, in college? It was really tough during COVID. I also heard stories again from my teacher friends who they also struggled mainly due to the lack of technical infrastructure that their 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 schools you know they didn't have and issues ranged uh, lack of study space, computer ownership. You know if you had five kids. In your, you know, if you had five children, each one of them are required to have five laptops, right? A slow internet connection, and the teachers were just unprepared, which, you know, for the most part paralleled that of the Vietnam experience. But I think it was just worse in the Philippines. And Vietnam
0: seems to adapt in every oh, part yeah. of society, doesn't it? So mm. it gets hit with this kind of obstacle, some kind of disruption, there's calamity. Mm. every which way you look for a little while, but then it it evens out. They seem to find a way to get things done.
1: Because the Vietnamese follow the rule. Yeah. Like the government says do this. Generally
0: speaking, yeah. And
1: everybody does it. In the Philippines, it's like it's a democracy. So there's like, oh, so many voices, so many political colors. And yeah, we're not good at following directions. But there are pros and cons
0: to that as Mm -hmm. well that we could get into another time. Righto. Okay, then. Who's leading the way in educating their population?
1: Mm, Maybe it's a draw.
0: Oh, after what you said. Yeah, I'm not too sure either, but interesting to think that right now we're finding it hard to separate Vietnam and the Philippines in terms of education. Ten years ago, I would have said the Philippines hands down. Mm. I'm just not so sure now. Nope. infrastructure. We've both had a pretty good taste of that in both countries over the past couple of months, wouldn't you say, Mel? Yep. Indicators include quality of road network, public transport, and international links. Also, the availability of good quality housing, energy provision, water provision, and telecommunications. Take your pick.
1: Um, Wait, I do have one question. In terms of international links, does that include kind of like getting a lot of aid? From first world countries?
0: No, I think it, I think it's in terms of infrastructure. So how well connected by transport.
1: Oh. I, that's the way
0: I interpreted okay. it. So airports, All right. international airports.
1: Okay. <laughs> now oh, we know man. It. <laughs> oh.
0: I'm looking at your face no. right now. No, uh. because
1: um, we were lucky that we did not book a ticket immediately after New Year's because there was a massive, like... Uh, the the the
0: shutdown shutdown yeah. of new the year's international. Saturday. new year's Morning. New year's morning. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: um All flights cancelled. <laughs> yeah, there was
0: some kind of glitch. glitch was the terminology UPS
1: from the uh, Universal? Yeah, so power the
0: airport shut down for at least twenty-four hours, mm-hmm. wasn't it?
1: And nothing was happening. So, yeah,
0: good thing we didn't go home early. Oh, we were, we were half thinking about doing a, a short trip to one of the islands. Yeah,
1: but we did it for a yeah, moment. Yeah. And then
0: we both decided, yeah, no. It'll yeah. be too. Even if everything busy. goes to plan, it'll be yeah. crazy.
1: So, yeah, in terms of um, airports, uh, that's <laughs> terrible. Uh, <the> Philippines.
0: <laughs> Vietnam would be running a close <laughs> second if it's not first.
1: <laughs> Okay, so the Philippines gets my vote when it comes to energy and water and good quality housing. Although my personal experience with this is quite limited, I may be wrong entirely. Um, I would say the Philippines has better roads and bridges, but with a huge amount of traffic flowing through them, it's not that great.
0: Just thinking of your experience, though, mm-hmm. what about little things in Vietnam, like when you run out of gas?
1: Oh yeah,
0: you know, so we don't have gas here connected to the house, so. We get a company, a guy comes in with a gas bottle on his back and changes the bottles over. I think the turnaround is like 30 minutes, not even yeah. that.
1: And all yeah. you need to do is, we don't speak. All I do is take <laughs> a photo. I take a photo of my gas so they know what color it is and what size it is and what hose it, it's connected to. And then I bleep, put it in Zalo, send a message, yeah. smiley face, and then they come back and- yeah, Ooh, these little it.
0: things are amazing mm. in Vietnam. I, whereas it did, we did run out of gas in the Philippines, and yeah. um, your mum had one on standby, but yeah. she wanted to <laughs> wait for the guy to come, and he he took half the morning yeah, to get there. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So uh, you go for the Philippines in that regard, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Anything um, else?
1: Vietnam gets my vote when it comes to free internet in cafes, yeah. oh, restaurants, sure. yep. shopping malls. Wow,
0: restaurants.
1: Yeah. Better taxi services and ride-hailing apps. Hot water, water pressure in <laughs> showers, and the bidet. Yeah, yes. just
0: to let you know, Mel's saying this because at her family home, mm. it's still a bucket pail yeah. kind of situation.
1: Although we do have hot there water,
0: there is hot water yeah. in that shower, yeah. but um, yeah, the pressure so is put, yeah. Yeah, let's just say that my uh, leg strength improved without going to the gym. <laughs> while I was there
1: for three weeks. And you're That's stretching. That's probably where I got m-
0: most of my exercise, <laughs> having a shower and going to the toilet. Um, anyway, oh, yeah, you mentioned, you said bidet, right? That's yeah. a fancy word. I call it the bum gun. If you know, you know. Um, I agree on all those points, but, you know, the internet in the Philippines, it's got worse. It's gone backwards. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not a given when you walk into a cafe or a restaurant like it is here. You know, ninety nine percent of the time, nope. they don't offer it there. Nope. So you need, yeah. I think next time we go, we'll you get a sim to buy, at the airport. Yeah, you I need think to buy we'll just a local do that sim and not dig around.
1: But then now, when you buy a local sim, you have to register.
0: Well, I don't know. I heard that maybe they can that idea. Yeah, because, because there's so many the spam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, network yeah. went
1: down, and yeah. then there's so many spam.
0: Yep, and um Starbucks. Service at places like Starbucks and McDonald's, so where, where you usually think it would be right up there. It's just where, fast food which coffee. It is here. yeah, terrible. Anyway, so who are we going to go for in this category in terms of infrastructure?
1: Oh, I think it's it's a draw as well for me.
0: Yeah, um, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose based on. How much, how less complicated it is for, say, travelers or oh, uh, people here for a short time. Maybe you're a digital nomad. Mm. I feel like Vietnam, Vietnam. Would, would be better than the Philippines right yeah, now as probably. a digital nomad with internet and just ease of getting around. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that brings us to the final tally.
1: The final countdown.
0: So the first indicator was stability, Mm -hmm. and we both went for Vietnam. Yep, we We did. We both agreed that that overall Vietnam is more More stable stable, politically and so on. Healthcare was the next one. We both agreed that Vietnam. Vietnam tops the Philippines in healthcare based on our own experiences. In
1: COVID, yeah. At
0: the moment. Culture and environment was number three. Mel, you went with the Philippines. Yep, I did. Yep, a little bit biased there.
1: So, <laughs>
0: fair enough, fair call. I went with Vietnam just. Okay. I think, yeah, I could be swayed on that one. <laughs> okay, education was the fourth one and um, we agreed we couldn't choose between no, the two countries. it was yeah. Yeah, um, but there was a little bit of shock involved. Mm. Like I'm, I'm shocked that... We're talking about Vietnam and the Philippines in the same breath. I would okay. never have thought that Vietnam would be rising up in its education mm. and challenging um, another overtake. nation like the Philippines it yeah. might overtake. Who knows?
1: Well, um, just to add to this point, though, a lot of teachers are coming to Vietnam and going to other countries. You know, there's a bit of a, a teacher brain drain going on, just like healthcare. Sure. Yeah. So- yep. That could be a factor.
0: And the final one was infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And, again, we, we couldn't really separate the two at um, the moment. Um, Vietnam uh, has come along in leaps and bounds, though, in many areas.
1: I would, I, I'm still on the fence on this yep. one. Yep.
0: The Philippines seems to be stagnating a bit, though. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's kind of ground to a halt. Vietnam is just go, 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 even after the last couple of years.
1: But total, overall, it looks like we have a winner.
0: Yeah, it looks like Vietnam Vietnam. just over the Philippines, which is pretty good because we're living here. (laughs) But don't get me wrong, I love the Philippines. I love going there every year, hopefully at least every year Mm -hmm. or once every couple of years in the future. Uh, There's so much more to explore there and a lot of places to have fun there as well. Same in Vietnam as well. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please give it a like, share and comment and feel free to ask any questions about travel to the Philippines or Vietnam or anything about both of the countries really on The Bureau Asia's social media channels at The Bureau Asia and I'll do my best to answer them. If not, Mal will help me. Mal, as usual, thanks for joining me and enjoy going back to your real job
1: this week. (laughs) Well... I'm sure that the educational system in Vietnam will even rise up to the list
0: next week when I'm back. Yes, I'm sure it will. (laughs) Now, don't forget to check out my YouTube channel. Just search The Bureau Asia and something should come up. Give it a watch and subscribe. I'm on a mission to hit 1,000 subscribers as soon as possible. So please help me with that mission. After my call to action last week, I'm not sure um, anyone did to be honest i may have got one or two but i'm going okay i'm on average at the moment i'm getting about 50 subscribers a month
1: that's great
0: so on current projections maybe september october i might (gasps) get to my thousand
1: organic no robots
0: well hopefully anyway until next episode take care and stay safe this is matt cowan enjoy your week